0: Hello, and welcome to, and let's be heard for Wednesday, October 11th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. People are wondering, were you abducted, Mike? What happened to Mike? Where's he gone? He's disappeared. Well, no, if you listened closely to the last couple of shows I did before I went on my vacation, I told everyone that I was going to Medellin, Colombia. So the last thing I'm going to do when I'm in Medellin, Colombia, is do a show every night for two hours. I'm not going to do that. So at the side here, in the middle of the week, I've been here, uh, let's see, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, uh, four days now. This is my fourth day here. And I thought I'd do a little bit of reporting as to what things are like here. And uh, I know a lot has happened at the same time while I've been gone, right? The last few days, things have just gone crazy, right? We have the uh, Israel situation. We have the uh, we have the uh, uh, RFK Jr. saying he's running as independent. A lot of exciting things happening. Well, the Israel thing is not exciting. It's, it's disgusting. Um, the RFK thing is very exciting. Um, I don't want to sound like Trump. Isn't it exciting the Hamas thing? Isn't it exciting? Aren't they brilliant, Hamas? Aren't they brilliant? No, I don't want to do that. Um, but I do want to talk mostly about. What's happening here in in, in Colombia, and what life is like here? You know, when I told people I was going to Medellin, most of them were like, "You going where? What? Are you going to come back alive?" You know, so this 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 ignorant American ideas of what Colombia is like in the year twenty twenty three. Uh, it's a lot different than nineteen ninety three, and one of the reasons is <clears throat> is the government in the early 2000s, decided they weren't gonna deal with the druggies anymore, with the, with the cartels, you know. Uh, they weren't gonna let them run the country. They wanted to be a real country. They didn't wanna be a third world country. They wanted American tourism. They wanted the American dollar. So they came in and they killed them all. They killed about 20 top cartel people. <clears throat> Just went into their neighborhoods and killed them. Um, of course, there was urban warfare, but the military, is so much stronger than you know the cartels that they just took them out and they set a precedent and they said we'll you know we'll do this again if we have to so that pretty much ended you know um, the drug cartels here Um, i'm sure a lot of it went underground but you don't see it anymore Um, and it uh, really cleaned the city up now in the year 2023 Medellin is statistically safer than Chicago, uh, Detroit, New Orleans, m- many other cities in America, including Mexico City in Mexico. So that's what they've done here. They're very proud of what they've done here in Colombia, and especially here in Medellin, where in 1995, they built a, a, a huge metro system, which runs light rail on the ground, connecting to aerial trams, gondolas that run through a um, big part of the city. They have about three or four gondola lines and two or three uh, uh, light rail lines. And they keep on adding one. Like every other year, they add another line. So they keep on building it up. And it's like, kind of like the uh, the jewel of the of the country. Medin has the best, even though it's the second largest city here, Bogota is larger, um, it has the best metro system. So they're proud of a lot here, right? Um, There's still like an underbelly of, you know, of uh, rough and tumble. You know, this is a real city. This is not a resort. You don't come to Medellin to go to resort. This is not a Mexico resort. This is Colombia. It's a real city. It's real life. It's real people who don't make a lot of money. Uh, Before I came here, I read the average salary was equivalent to about 10,000 a year US. uh, And the average hourly wage was about $5. As I have met people, and talk to them, I have found that is the high end. The most people here make two, maybe $3 US an hour, right? Um, incredibly low wages, but you know, the rents are also low, right? I know I met a uh, a man who pays 80 US, right? He, he shares a place, it's not his own place. You're gonna pay probably 150, 200 US a month to have your own place. But for 80 bucks US, he shares a place with other people. And he makes about two or $3 an hour US, I believe. So this is life here. They Many people here cannot afford to go out to eat, certainly not to a even mid range restaurant. Um, so I'm happy what I've done here is I've met some people who have escorted me around the city. I'm, I'm glad to buy them dinner um, and become friends with them. I think I've made more friends here in four days than I've had in 10 years in San Francisco. And this is not to to say that I, I go out much in San Francisco because I can't, because it's too expensive, Um, but here I can. So it's interesting because the view they have of America is that it's the place everyone wants to go to. A few people have joked with me, why are you here? America is so great. So that's the point of view that a lot of people outside America have, especially not Europe, but here, like in Latin American countries and Mexico, uh, they have this view that, that like, like, the United States is this promised land. And why would anyone leave and think about leaving permanently and live here? And so then I start talking to them and I say, you know that meal we just had? you know how much that would be in, in my city? And it blows their mind. I say, oh, you pay $100 a month rent? Do you know how much rent would be in San Francisco? And they, it blows their mind that things are 5, 10, 20, 30 times more expensive. I am. And they wonder how people can afford it. Uh, Tonight, I was walking with my friend past a uh, government-run pharmacy. It's 24 hours. There is a line outside. You have to wait on the line. But you get any medication you want. You get your prescription from your doctor. You give it to them. And you get anything you want for free. Whatever you need. If it's high blood pressure. If it's heart medication. Whatever it may be. It's free. Doesn't cost a penny. Yes, there's a line. And, of course, the elites in America will say, the the, the corporatists in America will say, you see, you got to wait on a line. Well, how about this? What's your decision? What would you rather have? Wait on a line and get the medication you need to live or not be able to afford the medication at all. What good is it if you don't have to wait on a line at Walgreens, even though you do these days, because they're shitholes? But what good is it if you don't have the money to pay for what you need if there's no line? So... There are so many better things about life here than in the States, and I'm trying to convey this to them. And I think I'm actually getting through uh, that. It's not (laughs) it's not the promised land that people think it is. There are very luxurious things in the in in America that you don't have here. But only a select people, a percentage of people can afford these luxuries. Um, But here you don't have those luxuries. Right. But what you have is your basic needs met. You know, you can afford your rent with one job. You can afford to draw your drugs. You don't pay for anything. The way it seems to work here, there is a bit of a language barrier, but thank God for Google Translate. I think I'm getting the picture is that if you have a job, just like in the States, your business will pay for your health care. But if you don't have a job in the States, you're fucked or you're paying what? A thousand twelve hundred a month premiums. Not here, (laughs) you pay the equivalent of about five US dollars. If you don't have a job, you pay about five US dollars to buy into the system and you get everything. And that everything is medical, dental, vision, everything. Think about that for a second five US dollars. I think it's 19,000 Colombian pesos is what he said about five US dollars. So your basic human needs are met here. They are. You don't have to worry about that. The social safety net is, is strong, and uh, there's no worry about it going away, right? In these states, even if you've got, let's say, Obamacare, the premiums are still going up every year, and there's no guarantee that the following year you're going to be able to afford the Obamacare anymore. So. Once again, I try to get through to them that yes, there are very luxurious things about the United States, but those are not just pipe dreams for people here, but pipe dreams for most Americans. They're just pipe dreams. They're not real. So who cares that they're available? What does that people say about health care? I have. Oh, we have. I mean, make sure people have access. But what is access if you can't afford it? If you can't afford the access, access is shit. It's nothing. So access doesn't mean anything. You need to be able to really afford it. And so going around different areas, and what I'm doing is something that most tourists won't do, which is I'm going into real areas. There's an area called uh, Poblado, which is like Times Square. Actually more like New Orleans, more like uh, the French Quarter, which is incredibly touristy. You know, people standing outside their bars and clubs trying to get you to come in. Please come in course, this is all in Spanish, but come on in, come on in, we have the best food, we have the best drinks, blah, blah, very much like the French Quarter. And of course, people, you know, asking you for money, wanting to like, uh, you know, play the flute for you and you give them money, you know, all that stuff. So this is the touristy area. Very, very packed, very active, very energetic, goes all night long. But that's a touristy area, right? And then there are other areas, like the area I'm staying in called Loreles, which is a kind of a low key, more laid-back area. Um, not far from the, not far from the action, but quieter, but also upscale. But I want to go into all areas, you know. So I'm going into the downtown. I found the uh, someone who lives in the downtown central area, right? Central, central, Central uh, Colombia Medellin, and I've gone there. And I was just there tonight. And this is more of like a real neighborhood. This is where most tourists don't go. And so I'm trying to go into those areas because I want to see what it's like. I want to see what everything is like, not the sanitized places, not the places with the high security, with the policia everywhere. I want to go everywhere. And so what you see here is a lot of real community, right? I put up some videos on Twitter. At Cachapoli Mike is my Twitter handle. I put up a, a bunch of videos. I put videos of the tourist area. I put up area tonight of the... The real areas, the the more you know gritty areas, and what you see is a lot of people gathering. I went to an area tonight about six six thirty I met my friend there, and I said, "Wow, what is this it's like it's like hundreds of people gathered in a square right by a bus stop, and I said, "What is this?" And he said, "Well, this is where people come. The real people here who work who live here come after work, and they hang out and they talk they'll have a drink, they'll have something to eat." And there's a a sense of community here. People on the streets gathering together. I saw kids playing soccer in the street. Where do do kids play in the streets anymore in the States, right? I did when I was a kid, but you don't see it much anymore. So there's that sense of community here that I don't see In, in, in San Francisco. That's where I live. But I don't see it anywhere. I don't see it anywhere that I go to in the States right? I don't see it in New York anymore. I don't see it in Brooklyn or Queens anymore. But here there's a sense of community. People gather and they talk to each other and they hang out. And this is something you don't see much. There's an energy here. People are outside communicating, gathering, enjoying company, not inside, watching TV, playing on their computers. It's a very different culture. It's almost like um, New York 50 years ago, right? 30 years ago, 40 years ago when I was a kid, you know, and you'd be outside, you'd be on the stoop, right? Hanging out on the stoop. There were people outside their apartments, hanging out on chairs, talking, whatever it may be, drinking, having a good time. You don't see that anymore in, in any of my experience in the United States these days. So that sense of community is, is something that we're lacking. And it's, uh, it's amazing to me to see it. The cafes are packed. The restaurants are packed. Uh, I think in the five days I've been here, I'm counting because I'm obsessed with this. I've seen three people wearing masks. Okay, so it's a city about 4 million. I've been here five days and I've seen less than one person a day wearing a mask. And I don't know why that person could be wearing a mask. Maybe they have a cold. Maybe they're a nurse. I don't know. But it's nothing <laughs> compared to I mean, I, I see people here gathered in the square and they're all on top of each other and no one's wearing a mask. So it's just so different. It's kind of what I expected. You know, it's just there's, there's not much of that here anymore. Um, and, and so there's this real sense of of, of community, of of, of of neighborhood. There are lots of different neighborhoods here. I'll name some of them. Uh, La Poblado, Loreles. La Candelaria, Berlin, uh, these are areas that are just, it's almost like, uh, you know, Nob Hill, Lower Nob Hill, you know, Financial District, you know, Cow cow Hollow. So they are very big into into the areas. The difference is, if you call an Uber in San Francisco or New York, it doesn't say in the address, you know, it doesn't say the address Nob Hill, San Francisco, right? It doesn't say Gramercy Park, Manhattan. It just says Manhattan or San Francisco. But here, when you call Uber, everything is neighborhoods, right? It's uh, La Poblado, Medellin, uh, L'Orales, Medellin. So they're very into their neighborhoods, right? Here, very much so into the neighborhoods and the, and the community and togetherness. Um, there is a, still, you have to, it's a big city and you have to be careful, right? There. Were, I was in an Uber tonight and and the traffic here, the one bad thing, the one negative, is <laughs> the traffic, is horrific. I mean, it's half the size of Manhattan and I've never seen traffic like this in Manhattan or San Francisco, I mean, or LA. The traffic is just, just, you know, I think everyone has a car. So it's like, the traffic is just horrific. And the only thing that's more expensive here, one thing that's more expensive is gas, which I guess makes sense, right? Because there are no natural oil reserves here. So gas is about twice the price. I don't know how they afford it. I have no clue how they afford gas. It's a equivalent of about $10 a gallon US. So I don't, know how, I don't know how they afford that here, but they must because they all have cars. And uh, I'm guessing they only dr- drive it mostly to and from work maybe. That's probably how they can afford it. Um, but that's the only thing that I found that's more expensive. Everything else is about a quarter a quarter of what is, in other words, everything is about 25% of what it would cost in the States. For example, I went out to eat with my friend tonight. He had a steak, like a filet a, a mignon. It was really like a filet mignon, like a mid-sized filet mignon. I had pasta with uh fruta de mare, you know, all the fish, clams, mussels. He had a beer, I had a like a vanilla shake, and the whole bill was about $30 us the bill would have been about 120 in san francisco we went out after to a little cafe we had two medium-sized cappuccinos whatever that medium size is you would get at starbucks and we had a big cookie and a piece of cake the whole thing was six dollars us it would have been about 25 in san francisco so this is the difference everything you get here is about a quarter of the price it would be in, well, in San Francisco, but probably a third of the price, it would be in many places in the United States. So it's very affordable here for Americans to come here and have a grand old time. You could probably come here with 100 grand and live like a king and not have to work. And that's just a fact here, you know. So the bad thing about the salaries that people make here is that for most people, it locks them into here. They, they can't leave. They can't afford to travel. There's no way anyone who makes an average salary here can afford to travel to the United States. They could never do it. They couldn't afford the plane ticket, let alone hotels and everything else that comes along with, uh, with America. So it kind of does lock them in here. Um, young people don't speak much English. I'm finding that I really had to work to find someone who speaks you know, maybe halfway English and, and we use Google Translate you know, to, to to make sure we're communicating properly. And, you know, it's fine, it works, but there's not much English speaking here uh, yet. Uh, I think now there's about a million American tourists here per year, so it's building up. And I'm guessing as you see more and more American tourists come here, the local people will speak English more. But right now, most people do not speak any English, including the young people. Um, once again, I don't know why they would have to learn, because most of them will not be able to leave in here anyway, right? Um, so the language is, a, is, a, is better to know some Spanish or to try to learn a little bit, be open to just being very patient. They don't get angry. They, they're they very patient with you. You know, it's like, I find it's like the shoes on the other foot now, right? I have to deal with no habla ingles. No, I can say no habla espanol, <laughs> so I'm an immigrant here basically. So uh, it's kind of refreshing to be able to say that. (laughs) No applause. So um, the language is kind of a barrier, but you shouldn't let that be a barrier to coming here and seeing Medellin. You really shouldn't because the people are very patient. The people are very nice. Let me tell you, when I took the cab from the airport to downtown when I got here, my driver didn't speak any English at all and I think I had a better conversation with him than I have with any driver ever in San Francisco, simply because he was open to talking to me. And I was using Google Translate, and I would talk, and I would translate what he was saying, and we had a nice conversation. (laughs) I mean, how sad is that, really? I had a better conversation here with someone who spoke no English than I have in in a car in, in the States. So they're very open here, they're very friendly here. It's not really a problem. As long as you have patience, you're not afraid go out and you you know you you have to translate they can talk into it you can write into it it's not that difficult anymore times have changed might have been a different story 20 years ago but it's much easier now there are malls everywhere really it's really interesting for a society that's not very wealthy there are malls everywhere and I think it's frequented a lot by uh, tourists there are there aren't that many American tourists here, but there are a lot of tourists from other Latin American nations, because I'm noticing a lot of tourists who are speaking Spanish. So there are tourists from Mexico, there are tourists from, you know, other Venezuela, other, other Latin American countries. So they get a lot of Spanish speaking tourists here. But there seems to be a mall every five blocks, and a park every five blocks. A lot of parks, they're very proud of their parks. A lot of very nice parks here. With greenery that you could run in or some people might want to work out in you could do that too but there are also some very high-end gyms you know which uh you know have you know like 24-hour fitness i think it's called body tech and smart fat and they have several locations um it, it, what i find here so far and I'll, I'll learn more i'll be here for another week and a half is um you can seem you can go anywhere by yourself during the day. At night, I, I I don't feel uncomfortable walking around. You know, I don't feel comfortable. It's better to have someone, a local, walk with you, be with you. It's always better, right? Um, So, but I don't feel unsafe. Now remember, I was robbed in New York City, not violently, but I was robbed when I was a kid in New York City, and I was assaulted in San Francisco violently. So. <laughs> In the two cities I've lived, I've been robbed and assaulted in the United States. This is what happens in big cities, right? So when you read things like, oh, uh, tourists are assaulted, tourists are robbed, uh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Tourists have their cell phones robbed. Yeah, it happens everywhere. So you can't say, oh, I'm not going to go to a place because it's dangerous. Once again, statistically speaking, this is uh, less crime here than many U.S. cities and Mexico City. So, do you go to Mexico City? Do you go to Chicago? Do you go to New Orleans? Well, if the answer is yes, you should come here. Um, today, I was in the car, Uber, and the traffic was so bad, I said, I have to make a video of this. So, I rolled down the window, and I was about to, you know, put my camera, not outside the window, but just like closer to it. And, and the Uber driver in Spanish said, no, 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 no. Close, close the window, because... What we have here, there's a lot of motorbikes, you know, just like in Europe, same thing here, Lot of lot, lot lot, more people with motorbikes than cars, motorcycles. And he said, sometimes you'll get someone on a motorcycle who's not a great person and will swipe the phone, will actually put their hand into the window and swipe your cell phone. So he said, don't do that. But you see how, how nice they are here. They'll tell you, you know, they'll let you know, don't do that, you know, so, okay. I rolled the window up, and I didn't do it. Um, So, you know, it's just like, I guess it's just like being aware of things, uh, I guess, is what it comes down to. Just always be aware. Don't be one of those ridiculous tourists with the Hawaiian shirt and their shorts and oblivious. Don't be oblivious using your phone. You know, if you're in an area that may not be the most uh, secure area, you don't want to look like a tourist making videos and taking pictures and and making yourself a, a target. Uh, They pick up on you being a tourist right away. I kind of, I've kind of, I'm kind of depressed about it. I thought I could blend in, but when I'm walking in the tourist area, maybe that's, maybe that's why, maybe they figured there's a 90% shot, but they know right away for some reason, they they know I'm not a local person because they don't really ask local people for money because they know they're not going to get it because the local people don't have it. So you know I get so many people coming up to I me. Mean, I had this very funny young guy from Venezuela who he had a microphone it was actually he was walking in the street with a microphone and his friend is behind him with a with a speaker and they're both from Venezuela and he's rapping you know and he's making money that way give him a couple of give me a couple of bucks he follows you around and he raps to you and you give him a few bucks just very funny you know uh, it's uh it's that kind of thing right um so Another thing here is that the, um, I think when you're in a place that hasn't been like spoiled, the people here are not spoiled, right? You find the people here are much more appreciative of like small things, the smallest thing that Americans would not be uh, appreciative of. They really are because they haven't been spoiled Boy, a lot of Americans are, right? They don't see it as having things coming to them the way a lot of Americans do. They work hard for what they little money they, they make here. And they live very, uh, you know, uh, simple in a way, simple lives. And so they really appreciate stuff a lot more. That you see also. Like tipping. It's not expected in restaurants. In fact, in the, in the more high-end restaurants, they'll add it to the check but it's only 10% and you're already getting such a deal because you're using, you know, you're an American and you're getting the great currency exchange and it's only 10% and they don't expect you to add any more to that. Tax is high, it's about 19%, but once again, that's high for the local people, but for us Americans it's not because we're getting a deal anyway and I guess Part of that 19%, I'm sure, go towards the healthcare system. So you can pay 12% and not get healthcare, or 19% and get healthcare. And this is a a recent thing, by the way. The sales tax is a recent thing, and I'm guessing it's recent because of more American tourism. So you're thinking, okay, you know, let the Americans pay some tax. So fine. I have no problem with that. So those are the differences here. Um, and, And so as you're walking around, you realize, first of all, there's a, a vibrancy here that you don't get anymore in San Francisco, right? There's this vibrancy where things are open later, people hang out later, uh, not, everyone's not inside by 9 p.m., everything's not shut down by 9. It's a, it's a, it's a, vibrant, it's a vibrant culture here. It, it really is. I can see why more and more people are coming here. I can certainly see it. And this is a thing now where Medin, especially, is now being considered kind of the Silicon Valley of, of Colombia. Uh, there's a lot of wi- Wi-Fi is very big here. They're very into Wi-Fi. There are Wi-Fi spots everywhere. The Wi-Fi is very strong. It's better than the States. Um, it, it's more access. A lot of the metro stations have Wi-Fi. Um, and that's a big thing. And it's attracting a lot of techies from the from from around the world, especially the United States, and they're doing things called co-sharing, co-working. And I'm actually staying in like a, an Airbnb that's like a, a co-working place where there's a, uh, a cafe here, where there's like a community room where people can get together with their laptops and do work together. So I think what people in the States are doing is we don't have to work in person anymore, and we can work whenever we want. Let's go to medellin so these co-working places and they have these apartments and these condos that are basically being marketed towards these american and even european co-workers co-working where they come in co-living co-working and they all live together so that's a big thing that's happening here also and they actually are calling it the silicon valley of of colombia so this is a a growing city it's it's already pretty big it's bigger than Chicago. It's about four million people. Um, it's very dense, so it's not spread out. So it's easy to get around. The metro runs everywhere. And also, Uber, which came in a couple of years ago, is incredibly popular. And it's incredibly cheap for Americans, incredibly cheap. Most rides are 2 to $4 US. And I'm talking about rides that take 15 minutes, 20 minutes, a half hour, $4 <laughs> very cheap. So it's really easy to get around here. It'll take you a while, especially during the week and rush hours. It's very, very, very crowded. Lots of lots of traffic, but it's cheap. I'm still trying to figure out how these Uber drivers make money. I don't get it because it's so cheap and gas is so high, but it's very popular. There are a lot of people here who are now driving for Uber. It's a very big a gig here, So that's, uh, you know, I guess part of the Americanization. I have not seen any, I forgot to ask my friend. I'll ask him tomorrow. I, I haven't seen any Starbucks. I haven't seen, I've seen uh, Pizza Hut. I've seen Domino's. I have not seen, uh, I've seen KFC. I don't know if I've seen McDonald's. I don't think so. I, but I've not seen a Starbucks, which I think is kind of weird. I thought there would have been a Starbucks here. Um, but there are a million cafes. Right, and they're affordable, and there's so many restaurants, and there's so many little, little like just little places where you like malls, outdoor like uh, food courts. I mean, it's like food galore here. Um, you can eat to your heart's content. There is uh, the local cuisine, you know, which is like a lot of like rice, beans, and uh, plantains and avocados, and there's dishes where they give you all these, like they'll give you avocado. And banana and plantains and everything on the side and you uh, like a, a stew of chicken or beef and you throw it in so it's you know protein and beef and vegetables and fruits it's fantastic i mean it's incredibly hearty and at a high-end place that will cost you about let's see i have to always do the the math math, math about ten dollars u.s at a medium range place, it'll cost you about six or seven dollars US. So that's the kind of money you spend on dinner and it's incredibly healthy and incredibly good. So this is a place where, you know, a lot of people are simply just coming for this reason because it's so, you know, uh, affordable. Um, and. Uh, uh, the the Airbnbs, the hotels, the restaurants, the bars, everything is very affordable. The politics, of course, you know. I had, to, I think, I know more about Colombian politics now than I know about U.S. politics. They've heard of Donald Trump. They, um, I think the view of, of Donald Trump from here is that they don't. I guess they don't understand how unpopular he is, you know, because they hear about him a lot. They hear his name a lot. So their their assumption here. Is that donald trump is going to be president again once again this is a very very unscientific poll unscientific but what i will tell you is that donald trump joe biden and uh, the president here his last name is petro p-e-t-r-o very interesting guy but they all hate him his approval is like the same as trump and biden it's like 30 percent he was just elected last year and his approval is already down to about 30 so they they don't like him they think he's a socialist communist He's, uh, you know, kind of very left wing. But when he was a teenager, he was the part of the MS-19 uh, guerrillas, urban guerrillas, you know. And he went to jail. He went to jail, spent some years in jail, came out of jail, and the MS-19 guerrilla terrorist group became politicians. They <laughs> actually became like a political group, and he became a politician. And he worked his way through the ranks. And last year, he was elected president here. Um, but his Got more of a, like a left wing agenda, which we all know fails, and Colombia doesn't want to go backwards into you know crime again and letting cartels come back in. They don't like him, so I don't think he's going to last very long. Um, the the local here in in Medellin is they've made so much pro- progress here. They want to keep the progress going. So right now they're in the process. I think a a month or two from now is the gubernatorial and the mayoral. Um, election. And the gubernatorial election is, uh, once again, medellin is the city, Antioquia is the state. So the governor, the gubernator, gubernator of Antioquia, that's the election that's happening. And the mayor, was it the Al- Alcador is that of, of, uh, of, of Medin is also up. Now, the previous mayor quit about two weeks ago. I haven't really gotten down to why. He quit like three months before his term was going to end, but there was something going on there. So he quit. There's an interim guy, and now there's a new election. So I just listening and talking about their their politics here, they have some of the same complaints we have. They hate all politicians. They think they're all corrupt. It's very funny. I was coming out of a coffee shop tonight. I think we saw a politician. We couldn't figure out who it was, what candidate it was, because they're about – 12 candidates for mayor and like 12 candidates for governors. We didn't know who it was, but he was doing like a little interview outside the coffee shop. And I took a couple of, I'll put it on Facebook, Fuck, must be wondering why this guy was taking photos of him. But I took a couple of photos of him. So the politics here, once again, they hate all their politicians, just like we do, basically. Uh, they think they're all uh, corrupt and no good. There is the hope that someone who used to be mayor here, who's running again, is gonna win, and he's heading the polls because he's very much liked. So they're hoping for that much to happen. So I'm learning more you know, about the politics here. Now, the Israel thing happened just when I got here. So you know it, it's obviously not in the news here uh, the way it is in the States, right? They don't talk about it here. I don't think they care about it here the way we do in the United States, but they are talking about it. So I'm getting a little bit of you know of information about that. Um, the Petro, the president came out today or yesterday and said something very cliche, which is you know this is like a Holocaust, that's what he said. He compared what's happening uh, to the Holocaust. So I find that to be kind of a cliche, but people tell me that's the way he is. There's not much brains or substance to him, but that's what he said. So that's what says his comment on it. Um, And I think that the the local people just uh, like many of us in the country, they see this as an ongoing thing that's never going to end, right? So uh, I'm trying to get more information. The TV I have in my Airbnb has every cable station. The problem is it's all in Spanish and there's no subtitles. so. I don't really know what they're saying on the news here. And the CNN is the CNN Espanol. I don't know what they're saying. So I'm not getting a great. I have to go on public, you know, uh, at Twitter and Facebook to figure out exactly what's going on. Um, uh, soccer, of course, is a big sport here. They care nothing about hockey. Uh, there's baseball playoffs. They care a little bit about that. But it's, it's all soccer. here. I mean, soccer is on every sports channel I'd watch. It's one soccer game after another. So soccer here is probably the equivalent of football, right, in the United States in its popularity. So that's their obviously, I'm sure everyone knows that. That's their big that's their big sport here. Um but the politics are interesting and I'm here, you know, a few months before this big election for mayor and governor. Um, uh and and so this is basically uh, what I've learned. I think I've learned a lot in just four days, you know. And um, I try to talk as much to people as possible about, you know, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Have you heard of Trump? Blah, blah. Interestingly enough, the, 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 the uh, friend I was hanging out with tonight, who's actually from Venezuela, um, knew all about Trump and Biden, but do- didn't know anything about Justin Trudeau. He had not heard of Justin Trudeau. So Canada is like, I guess, an afterthought here. No one thinks, they know, you know, they know Macron, they know all those people, but he didn't know who Justin Trudeau was. So, uh, but he also didn't know, thankfully, who Gavin Newsom was. So I showed him a photo and I said, how do you say hair gel in Spanish? <laughs> so he laughed and uh, he said, it looked like a vampire. I think that's good. He looks like a vampire. Um, so it's interesting. So they've heard of Biden, Trump, but not Trudeau. They never heard of Gavin Newsom, you know. So it's uh it's interesting to find out what kind of American politics they hear about, you know, what what they understand, what they what they don't understand, and you know, this is the the popular names of Biden and Trump, right? Those are the Biden names. Like DeSantis is not a popular name here. They really don't know who he is here, which makes sense. They're not going to know who the governor of Florida is. So it's 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 interesting to see when these people get to a point where people outside of the United States begin to hear about them, right? And so I'm guessing that will happen, you know, over the next four or five months. But right now, as of now, they know Biden, they know Clinton, Biden, Trump, Obama. That's what they really know here, Clinton, Biden, Trump, Obama. Um, and it's just an interesting experience. I really recommend anyone who wants a very, very affordable vacation to not a resort, a real city. If you like that, if you like real cities and you want to take in a new culture, I totally recommend Medin. I totally recommend it. Uh, I haven't seen all of it yet. This weekend, I'm gonna to go to a, a place called uh, Communa 13. That is where, that was like the the hotbed of the drug dealing, of the drug cartels, and that was the area where the government had to come in and take them out. So the government came in, take them out, and what they've done over the last 10 years, they've built it into a tourist area. There's a, I guess there's a lot of, oh, there is a lot of graffiti in this city. Tons, especially in the lower income areas. Almost every building is filled with graffiti. And so this Communa 13 is also a low income area and it's filled with graffiti, but they have graffiti tours, right? The graffiti is so like vibrant that it's actually, I think it's actually part of the culture here. I don't think they're trying to get rid of it. And so there's a graffiti tour and the Communa 13 they've built, I'm gonna go Saturday. So next week I'll do a show and I'll report on it. But they built a series of escalators and all these, this is a very hilly, this is even hillier than San Francisco. It's 5,000 feet. Uh, and there are hills everywhere and mountains and the roads are very windy. I don't know how they drive and they drive crazy. They drive like in, in Naples or Rome, they, they, they drive nuts. They're fast and they go up the hills and there are turns and peaks and valleys. And, and so it's a lot of it's uphill. And so they built these escalators up the hill so people can go up and down the escalators and it's become an area where people sell arts and crafts and peep and there's food. So they've turned it into this very big tourist destination during the day. It's still, from what I hear from the locals, a place you don't want to be at night. So we'll see what that's all about. Um, And so I'm learning a little bit more about the area and what to do. You know, I'm not a big person when it comes to tours. I don't really like tours. Uh, I know you get a tour guide and they speak English and you can learn about things. But I don't know. I find it better go around on your own or with a local person, and you can discover it that way. And it doesn't even cost as much. Like like one of the local people told me, why do you need to pay a tour guide to show you graffiti when you can go there and just look at the graffiti? <laughs> so he's right. So that's what they do. But you know, a lot of tourists, they'd rather just go with a tour group, I guess. Um, and so, That's uh, basically what I've, what I've seen so far, you know, that's what I can, um, I could report on uh, so far. And um, once I see more of the city, I'll be able to report more about this. But once again, it's what you expect with the government system here, right? You have uh, absolutely very wealthy people in the government and, you know, lower middle class to a lot of poor people in the city. Uh, they're given health care. You know, the the rents are low. The pay is low. Uh, they have access to hospitals and doctors and, and, and drugs and whatever they need. Um, homeless. Oh, okay. All right. People, of course, ask me, is it is like San Francisco? Well, there are homeless people in certain areas. It's not over the whole city. A lot of it's in the lower income areas. And then they, I think... This is the way I've got. This is the feel. There are real homeless people in the low-income areas, but not a lot. I saw one guy walking around barefoot, and I told my friend, "I see 30 of those. I see a lot worse than that in in wealthy San Francisco." So, in the tourist area, poblado, there are these women who were lying on the street with blankets with children. I thought, "Oh my God! Look at all these." Uh, homeless families. And then I thought to myself, I wonder if that's real. And so I talked to my friend and he said, not all of it. No, most of it is <laughs> women who actually have, who either have children or actually hire children to get money from the tourists. This is kind of their job, right? <laughs> Look at me and my poor homeless children, please give us money. But they're not actually homeless because it's because the government provides here and because it's so che- it's so affordable and cheap to have shelter here that there are so few homeless, actually homeless people. You can imagine that the people who are actually homeless, uh, the same thing as in the States, they have mental issues, right? But I don't see that many of them. I really, there are no tents. I haven't seen one tent. There are no tent cities. So here's the question. In a, in a country, in a city that's so poor, let's say the average income is eight to 10,000 US a year. Why are there no tents cities? Why are there so, f- few homeless people, why there's so few crazy people and addicts walking on the street. Another thing you don't see is the drug addiction. Luckily, fentanyl hasn't really made it here yet. Hopefully, it doesn't. Hopefully, if it does, the government will do what they did the last time, which is what we should do in the States. Um, but why is it that in San Francisco, where the average salary is, what, 100000 hundred and hundred thousand, hundred and ten thousand, 110000 and such, in the, one of the wealthiest cities in the world, there are so many more homeless people in tent cities. So why is that? I, I'm not gonna, I have not the answer to the question, but it's a fact. In one of the wealthiest cities in the world, there are more homeless people, there are tent cities. And in this very uh, uh, low income city, there's much less of that. Hmm? Which, which is a third world city? Which, is, which one is a third world city? And so, when I see this stuff here, when I see, look, look at this place where people are not wealthy, and yet there are so few people living on the streets, it makes me despise people like the hair gel king of California even more, right? It makes me absolutely detest him. And I didn't think I could detest him any more than I do, but I do detest him. So, while you do have a government of wealthy people here and a lot of poor people, you still don't have the 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 homelessness problem, the drug addiction problem that you have in places like San Francisco or New York City, in the wealth some of the wealthiest cities with the wealthiest people in the world, right? Also with incredibly wealthy politicians. So that's the problem. This is why, and I've said this before, the US government does not want you to travel during COVID. San Francisco didn't want you to travel to Florida because they didn't want you to see what it was like when you have competent politicians, right? They didn't want want you to see the grass is greener on the other side. that You could do it a different way. And so the same thing comes with with world travel. They put out an advisory. It's a level three advisory. Reconsider travel to Medellin in Colombia. And I thought to myself, well, why is that? I don't understand. Why should I reconsider travel here? Why? Well, they don't want you to see this. They don't want you to see that the homeless problem in San Francisco was worse than Medellin. They don't want you to see the free pharmacies. They don't want you to see that stuff. They don't want you to see people living together and enjoying their lives and and uh, and, uh, and, uh, and getting along and having a good time and a vibrant society. They don't want you to see that stuff. They want you to believe this is still run by drug lords, and it's incredibly dangerous, and stay in safe America. Yeah, yeah, safe America, safe America. So I I would never, look, it's obvious when you shouldn't travel to a place. You probably shouldn't fly to Israel today, right? That's common sense. You probably should not travel to Israel right now. But when it comes to most of these advisories you get from the US government, I think they're all fake news. Yeah, you probably shouldn't go to the Columbia-Venezuela border right now. But even that, I was talking to my friend. I said, what? he said, look, <laughs> the worst you can have to do is pay a few bucks. And it's nothing for Americans. You might pay $20 U.S. They'll say, you know, here's $20 U.S. All right, go through. So what? I mean, it's the U.S. Government just does not want you to travel around and see how things are elsewhere. They want you to be provincial and stay where you are and believe what they tell you about other places. Don't do that. Seriously, just use your common sense. If a war is, you shouldn't go to the Ukraine right now. You shouldn't go to Israel. You shouldn't go to the Gaza Strip. It's obvious, use common sense. But here in Colombia, it's very peaceful. I mean, it's very, very peaceful. They don't get involved in these conflicts. They want to grow. As an economy, they want to grow as a tourist destination. The same with Bogota and Cali and Cartagena and all those cities here. They want to grow as a tourist, a real, you know, uh, uh, industrialized country. And my hope is, though, it's not ruined by Americans like me. I don't want Americans coming here. You know, I shouldn't even tell people that it's good here. I should say it sucks because I don't want this place to be ruined. So some other countries are ruined by Americans, and things become expensive, and it's impossible. But it has become a little more expensive here than it was, let's say, five years ago, ten years ago, because of the increase in American, uh, in American tourism, especially. But I am, you know, just four days into this journey, I'm liking what I see. I'm enjoying going out. You know, uh, I feel as though... It's like everything is opened up, you know, uh, that, that it's a vibrant culture instead of the, the really stagnant uh, uh, culture that we have in, let's say, San Francisco, you know, uh, where nobody seems to talk to each other, where there's no real action activity on the streets, there's no energy. And look, another thing I'm not seeing here, which I see in San Francisco, is everything closing up. I mean, closed. You don't see boarded up. They don't board up their drugstores here because they're afraid of looting. I haven't, see, I haven't seen one drugstore. Of course, as usual, nothing is enclosed, right? Everything's open. You go into a drugstore here or a supermarket here. Everything's open. Nothing's behind glass. You don't got to press a fucking button every other aisle to get someone to come help you. So what is that? Wait, there's no, so then they're not worried about looting here. So once again, what's the third world country? Which country is civilized and which country is not civilized? The country that that has to lock up toothpaste behind barriers or the country that doesn't? They don't worry about that here. So the U.S. is full of shit, the government, when they try to make you believe that it's violent here, there's a lot of crime here. If there was, they would board up their stores the way they do in San Francisco. They'd put their stuff behind lock and key. But there's something else that's going on. First of all, there's police everywhere. I never see police in San Francisco anymore. I never see police in San Francisco anymore. There are police everywhere here. Not just police, but private security. There's private security and police everywhere. So you feel very say today I was in the mall, and you know when they go into the ATM and they, they take the money out? <laughs> well <laughs> You know, in the States I've seen, they usually have a guy standing there. This guy were staying there with his shotgun like a saw-off shotgun <laughs> so i i don't think anyone was gonna rob those people if they were taking the money out of the atm and that's the point look at what they did 20 years ago to clean the place up they came in they killed all of the drug dealers that's what they did and it worked it worked so one would think that would work in the United States, but the people in the United States, the liberals don't have the stomach for it. They don't have the stomach for it. The people here are hardened. This is what I was told. Once again, this is what I saw on websites before I came here. This is not a common problem. But they said, if someone you know, uh, confronts you here with a gun or whatever, uh, Don't be a big shot here. Don't think you're tougher than these people because they come from a a side that's very hardened, right? You're not tougher because you come from LA or New York than these people. They've gone through it here, okay? So you have to have respect for that. And the government's not taking any crap and the people don't take any crap. That's what someone told me. They said, you don't even need the police to uh, protect you here. These citizens protect each other. They protect their areas, right? They don't want crime in their areas, right? So they police their own neighborhoods. That's something you don't see in the United States anymore. People look the other way. People don't want to get involved. But here, they have seen the progress they've made with uh, drug dealing and crime, and they don't want to go backwards. They don't want to go backwards. So the parks here are all guarded. When you go into a park, I went into a park with my friend the other day. I probably wouldn't have done it by myself because I didn't know the place, but me and my friend, but it was just me and him in this park, in the middle of the city. And when you enter the park, there are two police there watching who enters the park. And I'm guessing if they see pe- shady people, they you know don't allow me or they question them. So there are two police officers blocking the park. So you have to go through that to get into the park, right? Even the more crowded areas, there are streets here which have, you know, like you cars can't go. There are like restaurants that have outdoor seating, everyone sitting on the streets, having a great time partying. And the police are there watching everyone who goes down the block. So it's very secure here. It's very secure here. And once again, police and private security everywhere. The restaurants have private security standing the whole time outside their restaurants. From opening to closing. And they do this because they value the customers. They don't want to lose customers. They don't want to have to close down. So everything's open here. They have found a way to not close down. There's no board up stores. There's no, there aren't that many areas where there's, you know, empty commercial space. There are high-rise condos everywhere. If you go on Airbnb for Medellin, you will see one luxury high-rise condo after another. The place I'm in has a gym, a a, ca- a coffee shop, um, a, a workspace for people. Um, has everything, you know. So, and you'll see this. You'll see a lot of this stuff. A lot of these high-rise buildings, which it's so affordable to buy property here. People buy up several units and rent them out on air B. That's what they do. But there's tons of luxury high-rise buildings here, you know, uh, and uh, it's a mix of, you know, high-rise buildings and these small kind of homes you would see like in Brooklyn or Queens, you know, two or three family homes um, that are shared by people. So it's a mix of both of those things. The skyline is gorgeous. The vistas here are absolutely incredible. It's stunning here, especially on a clear day. You see the mountains around you, uh, the, the the homes and the apartments up on the, on, the, on, the, on the hills. It's just the ride from the airport is absolutely gorgeous because the airport's about 2,000 feet higher than the cities, And the city's kind of in the valley, so you get the view of the city. It's just stunningly beautiful here. Um, And so, it's got so much to offer here and so much more promise if it keeps on making that uh, uh, progress, which the people here as a whole, together, seem to want to do. Um, uh, Like I said, there's so many choices of shopping and eating and bars and clubs and nightclubs and nightlife. Prostitution is legal. So you see, in the in the tourist area, Poblado and the square, like I said, it's like New Orleans. There are plenty of women standing out in the streets. You know, so it's not just like online prostitution is legal. Women are allowed to stand in the streets, and uh, you know, and solicit men. So that's also, and they're beautiful. They're not beautiful. I've seen a lot of prostitutes in the in the states that are incredibly ugly. These people, these women, are beautiful. They are beautiful women, and so they are all over the place. So prostitution is legal. The drinking age is 18. The sexual age of consent is 14. It's it's very, much more liberal in a way, progressive in those areas than in the United States, right? So the one thing, obviously, that's a problem here, and we know this, and we know it from the film Sound of Freedom, is there's a sex trafficking problem. That's what they're very, very, they don't want that to take over here, right? That's kind of like, uh, it was the drug cartels, now it's the that human sex trafficking and also sex trafficking with children really disgusting, and that's what they're trying to really crack down on here, so <laughs> when I walked into my building to check in, there's actually a sign and it says, "No sexual solicitation you know uh we don't want like basically basically no sex trafficking, you know we don't or, you know we don't want we don't want this to be a whorehouse, you know, so they're very much into that that's they're very. Uh, uh, aware of what's happening in this country when it comes to sex trafficking and the reputation is getting, you know, for, for sex trafficking. So they're trying to, trying to crack down on that. So that's the one thing they're, they're, they're working on here now. Um, But other than that, it's very, you know, live your life. People don't get involved in your business. Like I said, all the stuff that's not legal in the United States is is legal here among consenting adults, which is the way it should be. So that's the kind of mix it is, right? You have that kind of very, uh, 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 true liberal, not illiberal, not, not the kind of liberal we have now, but the true liberal of, you know, consenting adults, you know, you can drink at a younger age, this, whatever you want to do at a younger age, if you're a consenting person, it's fine. Uh, just, you know, follow the laws, don't break the laws. We're not going to get in your business, um, and uh, combines that with the more conservative approach of we're really going to crack down on crime, right? We're not going to allow, you know, crime here. We're not going to allow drug cartels to be here. So it's a, it's an interesting yeah, combination of those. It's almost like the best of both worlds, right? What are we talking about? Libertarianism, right? We're talking about like social, uh, li- liberally, so- socially liberal, but when it comes to the crime and the economy more conservative, right? That's what it would become. That's that's what I'm noticing here. Um, and that's basically why well, I've talked for an hour about this, haven't I? Well, if anyone wants to call in and ask me questions, uh, you can. Uh, I guess I'll get a little bit into, I don't wanna to talk too much about it, about uh, the, the stuff that's going on outside of here, uh, Israel and Hamas. Um, I don't know if that stuff's ever going to end. You know, you get these uh, periods of peace, right? Where nothing happens for a long time. It seems like, okay, everyone's getting along now. And then this kind of thing happens and everything goes to shit again. And, uh, you know, it's um, just disgusting. It really is. You know, you can't, uh, you know, I've, I've had a lot of problems over the years with the conflict and you know, with the idea of the settlements and all that and oppression. But, you know, I, I think it gets to a point, I think you start out with that whole situation where there's a group like the Palestinians that have a point, right? They're like, okay, we have a point, we feel oppressed, we need to do something about that. But then you have these guerrilla groups, these terrorist groups that take over and take advantage of that sentiment, right? They take advantage of that and they then they start a terrorist organization, right? And then you're not longer talking about, we're going to fight for human rights. We're going to fight for our, our piece of the pie or whatever it may be, piece of the land. Then you get to the point where basically, I just want to, we just want to destroy the other side, right? We just want to destroy them. to want to wipe the Israelis out. That's it. We're just going to wipe them out. And so that's the problem with Hamas. I think they've taken advantage of that sentiment that a lot of us have that, you know, yes, the Palestinians may have been oppressed and Israel is very powerful, and then Hamas comes in and takes advantage of that and says, okay, we're just going to destroy all of Israel. And you go in and you kill children and you behead head babies. And you, this is disgusting. Uh, it's a, it's a vile, you know? And the problem is, is that that vile element is overshadowing the other Palestinians who just want to live their lives peacefully. Right. I mean, they need to leave now and you have places, Egypt, they won't take them. I mean, it's their own people, it's an Arab country and they won't take them in. So what does that tell you? They won't take in their own people. Right. Because they're afraid they're terrorists and they're going to do something within Egypt. So uh, it's absolutely disgusting. I never liked Netanyahu, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do now if you're him. Right. And what's going to happen now? Are more innocent people going to die? Are more women and children going to die? You know, obviously, yes, obviously, yes. But there is a way to go about fighting for your rights. And it doesn't ever have to include killing children and women. It doesn't. It just doesn't. And there's no justification for it. And when you do that, you lose the sympathy of people who may have been at least somewhat on your side. All right? You lose that sympathy. And so Hamas doesn't really give a shit. They don't care. They don't care. They don't really want peace. I mean, they haven't they declined the two-state option in the past. So this is their job, Hamas, to be a terrorist organization. If there's peace and this a two-state solution, there's no more terrorist organization, what do these people do? So, it's a, I think that they're in a situation where it's like a million times worse than the Putin-Ukraine thing, right? Um, I think the dynamic there is totally different than what it is with Hamas. Hamas is a a vile, you know, uh, organization. Uh, uh, just a grotesque people. Just a disgusting terrorist organization. They are. So you have to sort of put all the politics aside, right? And all you've thought about the politics between Israel and Palestine, and say, you know, just that's not acceptable. You can fight for your rights. Yeah, yeah, you can, and you can use the public forum to do that, right? but you can't do this kind of thing. It's just not acceptable. And now Netanyahu does, he's gonna do. And it's almost like the, it's almost like Hamas is asking for it. They knew, with, what, he wasn't gonna respond? They don't know how powerful Israel is, so they want it. You see, when you do that stuff, you want it. So why do they want it? They don't care about their people. Would you want it? Would you want your people killed? No, of course not. But they; these are just, disgusting terrorist satanic people that's all they are and they want this constant warfare that's what they want and uh i don't know when it's gonna end you know you've heard of uh domestic domestic comes on this show a lot and he travels to israel like twice a year for a month each time and he was gonna go next month and now he's gonna i told him cancel it and rebook medellin i'm serious rebook come here for a month or at least a couple of weeks and forget Israel. But he goes twice a year. Now he doesn't know when he's ever going to be able to go again. How long is this going to go? Sometimes these things drag on for months and months, if not years, right? Once they get going again. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, RFK Jr. So he did what we all, he heard my show. RFK heard my show. And he decided to run as an independent, right? He did it. This is fantastic. Of course, it has liberals like uh, Rob Reiner going apoplectic. Um, it's so funny to hear these fucking liberals complaining that RFK Jr., what he's doing is undemocratic. Oh, my God, it's undemocratic. It's undemocratic to run for office as an independent. The only, the only democracy exists between, well, for them, the Democratic Party, not even the Republican Party, right? Just the Democratic Party. The democracy is the Democratic Party, the party that rigs the primaries, that doesn't allow debates that hides their president in the basement. This is democracy for liberals, for illiberals like like Rob Reiner. No, this is actually real democracy. You know, there are real democracies around this world that have like a parliamentary system where they have five, six, seven parties, not just two parties. So to liberals like Rob Reiner, you can only have two parties. He wishes there was only one party. Well, that would be great democracy if there's only one party, right? And, uh, And you can't run as an independent because Democracy means fixing primaries and not having debates, not having an actual debate and real primaries and real choice. That's not democracy. These people are so fucked up. They really are. They're so fucking disgusting. I can tell you all this stuff makes me not want to come back. If I had my way, I wouldn't come back. I wouldn't come back. Hell, I could see movies here. In fact, I'm gonna do it soon, right? because I, I have a new film review I need to do here and elsewhere, but uh, this is just incredible garbage coming from the left. So he's running as an independent. Now we know that that will hurt Biden, right? because a recent poll, and I'm sure that recent poll gave him the energy to do this, that a third of Democrats said they would not vote for Joe Biden. If he ran, they would go to him. So. That has the Democrats scared, but good for him. He he did, RFK Jr. had the balls to go. Yeah, I'm in Spain. I'm in Spain. I'm in, Sp- I'm in Spain. I'm in <laughs> the cojones to run as an independent. Bernie never had the balls to do that twice, right? And so RFK Jr. is doing it. He's raising, I think he just raised like $11 million. He's raising tons of money. And now he's going to make it easier. Even, even easier for DeSantis to win. There's, if, if, if DeSantis is the nominee, look, I'm not going to discount RFK Jr. I don't want him to fail. I I wouldn't, I'm not, I wouldn't vote against him. I'm just, I'm a DeSantis guy. If it was, God forbid, God forbid, um, you know, um, Trump, I would absolutely vote for RFK Jr., 100%. So, um, but it would make, he'll make it even easier for DeSantis to win. He will. Um, they need Trump. The Democrats need Trump more than ever now. They need that anti-Trump vote more than ever, right? Because they know that if DeSantis is the nominee, uh, it's, it's all over with a third-party candidate that's going to take votes away from Biden. It's, it's said and done. And they and they can't use that. We can't allow Trump, but Trump, they can't use that if DeSantis is the nominee. So that's my feeling about this, right? It's a it's a great move. I'm glad he did it. It fucks the Democrats up totally, and I really hope we get those DeSantis Biden RFK Jr. Uh, debates. Aren't, wouldn't those be a lot better than Trump Biden and RFK Jr.? Come on. So, uh, and if DeSantis is the nominee, those debates are going to happen because RFK is going to have enough money and uh, enough of a percentage in the polls to get in those debates. So, you know, this could be very exciting. I'm so happy he did this. I'm so happy he did this. Once again, I truly believe DeSantis will be the nominee and we'll have a, a, a real a real choice, right, there when you get to DeSantis, RFK Jr., but also... I'm glad I have a backup plan now, right? So he's going to run as an independent. He he tried his best, right? He ran as he ran as a Democrat for several months. He tried to get them when they got together about a month ago to the rules. He tried to make them do a fair primary. They said no. We're going to fix it. Okay, I'm out. Now you'll have to deal with me. As an independent, I've left the party, which is, and they're, and they're crying. Oh, no, how can a Kennedy leave them Well, because the Democratic Party is no longer the party of Kennedy. It hasn't been the party of Kennedy for decades. It's now the party of the corporate elitists. It's the party of, of, of Obama and uh, and uh, and Biden and the corporate elites. And that's what it's become. It's no longer the party of RFK or JFK. Come on, please give me a break. And he finally realized that. I don't have to run the doesn't have to run as Democrat anymore because Democratic Party is not what it was in nineteen sixty <laughs> so why why do I have to run as a Democrat? He doesn't have to, and he's not good for him. um There was one other thing I wanted to talk about, oh yeah, okay, so once again, things that want things that make me not want to come back to the United States, so there's this agony. Among the uh, uh, gays that the uh, NHL is not going to allow players to put pride tape around their sticks anymore. Look, <laughs> this is ridiculous. And of course, they're they're framing it as, oh, hockey's not for everyone. Okay, so because a player can't put pride tape around their s- stick means what? If you're gay, you can't go to the game. You're not welcome. Well, I don't understand. How do I know straight people are welcome in hockey games? There's no hockey player with straight pride tape around their stick. How do I know that I'm a, I'm I'm welcome? Where's the Where's the Mike Choppily pride tape around the hockey stick? I don't see it. So how do I know I'm welcome? Look, this is a bunch of horse shit. Just because a player doesn't put special tape just because you don't get special tape with your fucking group on it doesn't mean you're not welcome at a fucking sporting event when you buy a ticket and they say oh you look gay you can't come in look these people are, i'm tired of this fucking victimization there uh, you know what makes me even more tired of it these these gays are fucking loaded they're wealthy they have money up their fucking anuses and they're such pussies i'm here in this country where people are poor they're fucking poor And they don't complain and bitch and moan and I'm a victim the way these fucking liberal elitists do in the United States. And I'm goddamn tired of it. Once again, I was tired of it there. But once you come here, you become even more tired of hearing this shit on social media. And seeing these fucking elitist, rich, wealthy scumbags complaining that players can't put their fucking tape around their sticks. Who gives a fuck? Get a life, grow up, you want to be accepted, you want to be accepted as normal, you don't get a special day, you don't get a special parade, you don't get special fucking tape around the goddamn hockey stick. Jesus Christ. Enough of this shit. not being a fucking child and grow up. I'm not accepted because a player can't put fucking rainbow tape around his hockey stick. These people are so fucking low self-esteem, so insecure, that they need to constantly have that exception. We, We accept you. We accept you. You're accepted. In the goddamn year, nearly 2024. Fuck off. Why am I getting upset on my vacation? I don't know why I'm getting so upset on my vacation. These are sick individuals. They're sick, and I can't stand them. Just treat us the way you treat everyone else. But no, we want special tape in a month. And this goes for blacks and it goes for this and it goes for everything else. You want to just be an American, just be a regular fucking American, then stop expecting special days and special tape and special fucking giveaways. Give me a goddamn break. First of all, whether you're any kind of corporation, your your sports team, you're, you're Disney. You Just sell your goddamn product. If you're Disney, sell your overpriced fucking rides and food for fucking rugrats. And if you're a, a, a hockey team or a baseball team, you play the fucking game. The product is the game. You can be neutral. It doesn't got to be political. You don't got to fucking do virtue signaling. Sell your goddamn product. Put the best product out there. That's it. Look, more of these organizations need to see what happens when you're Disney and you stick your nose, when you're getting special treatment, special tax breaks that you shouldn't get, and you stick your nose into politics, and then the governor bitch slaps you and takes away your special, you know you're getting a special break, just shut up. So more of these companies need to to be treated the way Disney was treated sell your product and shut the fuck up that's it special days we want special days special pride events special pride event honor we're honoring today bob and sam hey lance long time no speak how's it going
1: going, it's going all right, Mike. How's it going with you?
0: I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. Enjoying my little vacation. Yeah, huh? Yeah. How's it How's it are, going,
1: Lance? Are you in Nice, Monte Carlo, French Riviera?
0: Oh, you just came in. I thought you have been here. No, I'm in I'm in Medellin, Colombia.
1: Well, see, no, now you know that's interesting. That I didn't say. Uh, where are you at? The Cleveland Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> Columbia, wow! So, are you making a big coke score? Is that are you? There hanging out with the uh, cartels?
0: Yes, I've decided to get into drug dealing. It's a good business, Lance. Why should I pass up a good deal?
1: Hell yeah! <laughs> you know, especially because uh, they got rid of some of the kingpins, so there's probably a vacuum for you to move in there and to be like a at least a medium level guy now.
0: Because uh, yes,
1: exactly. They got rid of uh well well drop well, or whatever his name is uh, and his son, right? And they just rounded him up too or something. Who's that? Whatever the guy's name was, El Chapo and then his son. El Chapo Jr. just got arrested like the last year. You or know,
0: something. I'm I'm Cachapo. So I mean I'm taking over. There you go.
1: <laughs> Come on, we're used to that, you know? <laughs> now you yeah, know, it's true No, I know everybody wants to... Everybody wants to talk about. Oh yeah, you're Italian. You know, you got some funny phone number. You know, you got somebody you can call if you get into a jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're people like it. We're sick of hearing. It's true. We do, but we're sick of hearing it. Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know. So. Um, so
1: I had a vacation from my uh, first phase of cancer shit. Now I go into like I got to get this fucking thing implanted in my body. There and it's every for four months. Oh, or you got to get
0: you got to get that thing where they put the, where they put the medication.
1: Directly in right for forty eight yeah, hours every yeah, week.
0: Yeah, yeah. How's that going, Lance?
1: Oh my god, dude! The radiation and um, and uh, chemo, right? The pills. The radiation was like it was serious. It was burning a hole in my butt. I'm just getting past the side effects of that, so I'm good to go with that. Now I'm doing the other fade, but uh, you know, it's all good. It's the least of my problems. I'm living on fumes. I got no income. I'm I'm living on fumes, and you know, I'm and I'm good to go. What the fuck, you know? I got no friends, but I don't care. Because as soon as I recover from all this, I'm just going to go off grid, become a hermit in the woods, and uh, you know.
0: Is the, uh, is, is the prognosis pretty good? I hope.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's good. Everything's going okay. according to plan. So, you know, okay. you know, I made I made the decision that if it was like like terminal, or or or, or even if it was like the steel where you had to wear a colostomy bag your whole life, I would have kept it to myself. I think even if I was dealing with it like a Norm McDonald, but prognosis good. So what the hell. Doesn't hurt to talk about it. But anyway, um, so you know what? What do you think? First of all, I don't know what the topic is, so tell me Lance, that okay, ain't the topic. Okay. So to well, don't I think, go I was just
0: I was just, you know, for the first hour I was just talking about life here in Medine, talking about the culture. And I put some videos up on Twitter, but I was talking about Israel and of course RFK.
1: No, I know? was just gonna say the Israel thing. Um but you know, Colombia really did. I I hear they're going through some like Back and forth now politically, but they—they they, a lot of that shit got like a lot less violent. Colombia did like in the last five or seven years, as far as I—well,
0: they—they—they—but uh, they, about 10 years ago, they just they wiped out the cartels. The government right. came in, killed right. about twenty top cartel members, and right. they—I they think they went underground. You know that business is too profitable to go right. away forever. But they yeah, went thanks to
1: the good old U.S. of a. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Exactly. But, uh, you know, supply and demand, you know, we're still the richest country in the world with all the most, the most Coke heads in the world. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So basically, you know, Jell-O Biafra, the dead Kennedy's holiday in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, that's what it would have been like 10 years ago there. Holiday in the Medellin hanging out with the uh, cartels. It's like not so much anymore. That's good, man. So yeah, nice, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, Good for you, man.
0: Yeah, no, no. You know, so um, what did I say here? Oh, I'm just I'm just looking.
1: Oh, you know, what used to be like a Riviera of the Middle East was Beirut.
0: Yeah. You know, so, uh, yes. Yeah, no, I, I you know, when you the Israel thing broke out like the day after I got here. So I have all the TV channels here, but they're all in Spanish lands so i have i have cnn espanol but i have no idea what they're saying so it's like i don't you know you know obviously here they don't have the same that we have in the united states but they're talking about it i mean the president here uh, petro who no one likes did come out and give that you know blanket statement he said uh this is the holocaust all over again you know and so that's that's all i know well, you know, speaking of speaking
1: right? speaking speak of, speak of stereotypes, let me pour myself another bo- uh, glass of Chianti here. Mm-hmm. Fallinary, ever heard of it? Who say that again? Fallinary, it's a table. It's like twelve bucks a bottle for a double. You know, for a oh, double. Oh,
0: oh, is that is that red wine? Yeah. uh. aha, uh-huh. aha.
1: Uh-huh. I'm a, I'm a I'm a beer drinker, but when they doubled the price for no reason, when it didn't go up. For their cost, and I know for a fact it didn't go up. I said, "Fuck you, I'll switch." And I right. still drink beer, but anyway, right. or I'll, I'll put a bottle of uh, vodka in the freezer and make mixed drinks for six months. You know, for a long time. Well, not that yeah, long. Yeah. Um, but the whole Israel thing. So, yeah. So, what about that?
0: Well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mess. It's a shitstorm, and we're all going to have to, uh, you know. Take a bite of it, I guess. I don't know. It's 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 so sad because there are like these periods of time where like everything's okay. Seemingly, right? Peace peaceful, nothing happens, then it happens. So this happens and and then this goes on forever, right? So Yeah
1: well yeah, but not in Gaza. Well, say it again. It hasn't been peaceful in Gaza
0: no 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 i mean in general there's usually not as far as you know
1: people well let me ask you this let me ask you this go there and what do you think about what do you think about like the ukraine thing about money going to ukraine or israel
0: well you know i've always thought we've sent too much money everywhere else where look look i've said lance i mean i'm I'm here in a country where people get health care uh their pharmacies that are uh, 24 hours that you take your prescription to, and you get your medication for free. And we're living in a country the United States, we don't have any of that, yet we're supposedly so much wealthier, and yet we don't have that, right? So we're wealthy, Colombia's is not, their citizens get health care. ours
1: don't. I know. Uh,
0: so, and then we're sending money to Israel and Ukraine and, and everywhere else, and you know, and it, our citizens are on the streets in tents, so yeah. I've always complained that we send too much money everywhere else and don't take care of things at home.
1: Well, here's the thing, Mike, you know, is that now let, let, let me get this. Let me be clear. I, this is something that I was just talking in a room with, with Maria. You know, Maria mm-hmm. talking about learning things later in life. Now I've been criticizing the left as friendly fascist hip was he i'd be criticizing the left for a long time but i had but i would always say well i'm as a progressive but i'm a progressive but then i realized no i'm really not and you know what this is what i'll say in california Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) where you are as far as i know right well it's where you hail from you Mm -hmm. know these days right you're a san fran guy right that's home
0: that's home Unfortunately. It is
1: not a corruption. It is not a perversion, you know, of progressivism that's, that's, that's fucking California up. It is, the, it, it is the absolute logical conclusion of progressivism, not even neoliberalism. I mean, if you take uh, – uh, uh, in some ways – well-meaning well-meaning liberalism to its logical conclusion you'll wind up with california and i'll say one other thing i don't care if i could okay let me say this one other thing if i could pick the people to run my government right like you know what they always say right what do you what would you do mike or lance whatever if you were philosopher king right well even if i was and i could or mike anyone, even if i could choose the people that i want to like run the government i don't want to like like my, my those people to be in control forever i want term limits is what i'm saying so i don't care whether it's right wing left wing i don't care whether it's communism or capitalism i don't care if it's democratic or republican if you have the same people of one party that are in control on the right or the left they're gonna wind up fucking shit up and that's what california did they got two blue they got too much control, supermajority of Democrats, and they became an echo chamber. So it is progressivism itself that's the problem in a lot of cases, Mike. And I know you used to be Bernie Sanders, but now you're Trump. It's like, no, but they're just as bad. See what I mean? It's neither. It's none of the above. And it ain't Cornell West. I wish it could be. I like the guy a lot, but I don't think he's got the political chops to pull it off but that's another story what about RFK now I said a lot there but so I'm sorry go, go ahead
0: yeah that's just a great move I, I said he should do it and he did it run as independent go ahead that's it I mean that's it yep. Democrats don't want to run a fair primary fuck them. He, he had the balls to do what Bernie didn't have the balls to do period you like RFK? I do I love RFK I, do. I know
1: DeSantis is still your guy right?
0: Yeah but I look RFK is my number two
1: no, no, no. Good. Yeah, whatever. Um, But yeah, so that's interesting. See here. Yeah, but see here, I think it was smart. Cornell West is a different story. What do you think of him at all?
0: Well, he doesn't have the political clout that RFK has. He doesn't no. have the backing. He doesn't have the money. He doesn't have anything. You know, so it's just not the name.
1: I, let me tell you, speaking about being wrong, I said that. Now, again, a little bit of history, I think that you're, you know, well informed enough to, I think, you know where I'm talking about when I say RFK is not just a Democrat. The mm-hmm. Kennedys, they are the Democratic Party. Not just because JFK was president, you know, assassinated him. Mm-hmm. His father, and I, I know, I'm sure you know this, right? Joe Sr., he was our, uh, um, FDR's, what, uh, Navy, Secretary of the Navy. Mm-hmm. He was a new dealer. It, So he was part of the government, his father, okay, and then, of course, it was Joe Sr., his first oldest, Jack's uh, older brother that was supposed to be the big shot, because JFK, even at a young age, was the playboy like Bush was or something, and then, of course, Joe Sr. got killed, of course, as you know, right, in World War II and the plane crash, and so Joe Sr., right, Jack Kennedy, JFK's father, said, well, I guess we're going to have to go with you, Jack, That was not his first choice, but (laughs) his other son was dead now. You know, the whole story of the Kennedys, it's not like that they were staunch Democrats. They were the Democratic Party. They, They, like, controlled the Democratic Party. They were like the Tammany Hall Nationally. They inherited it from FDR. There was nobody like the Kennedy fucking dynasty and all that shit, love them or hate them. You know, it wasn't just JFK getting elected. Yo, young guy came out of nowhere. No, he came from the fucking Democratic establishment. So the fact that RFK, even though they screwed him, I thought he'd do like a Bernie Sanders, say, well, yeah, I don't like him, but I'm still a Democrat to my genes. That made me, wow, I was shocked. I said, look, there's no way that RFK will ever not just go against the Democrats and criticize, but there's no way he'll go independent because he is a Democrat in his DNA, his father, his grandfather, and all that, and his uncle.
0: Right. Huh? Hey, hey, Aunt Lance, I don't want to cut you short, but I – Yes, I you like, do. No, 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 no. Listen, and I'm also on vacation. I wasn't going to do – so far, I've done like an hour and a half. I was only going to do an hour show because I I want to get up early tomorrow. You know, if you're on vacation, I don't want to be – Are
1: you going to water ski? What are you going to do, bask in the know, sun?
0: So, yeah, no, no, no. I'm just going to walk around tomorrow. I might want to walk around the city. You know, I like to – yeah.
1: Good man. See, that's what I'd be doing. I'd be going to the back alleys and trying to meet people and shake hands and go into like bars, you know, and listen to some like local band somewhere, some reggae or whatever it is, Calypso, whatever. Do it, man.
0: Yeah, fuck the tourist areas. I want to go into the real areas, you know.
1: Because you're a New Yorker. You're a fucking East Coaster. What do you need from the fucking touristy shit? Exactly.
0: Exactly. All right, right, man. You know, I'll, I'll I'll be back on. Uh, later this, uh, I'll I'll report more about life from Medine. Lance, thanks. I appreciate it.
1: Hi, buddy. Talk to you.
0: All right, buddy. bye, bye. Right, right. Okay, who's up next? Who's up next? Uh, we have uh, what's this? Madura, Madura. Hello, Madura. Hello, Madura. Are you there? Madara, sorry, Madara. Are you there, Madara? Madata, are you there? Hello, okay, we'll move on. If you are there, you have to unmute your mic at the bottom left hand corner of the app. And when you unmute that you'll be able to talk. All right, well from now we'll go to we'll go to Falcon. Uh, let's see Falcon. Are you there? Hello. Hello, Falcon. Come in, Falcon. Hello, Falcon. Come in, Falcon. There you are. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going?
2: It's uh, going fucking horrible. How about you? Why is it going horrible? That's way too much to, um, you know, explain. Wish I could, wish I could sum it up.
0: Anything
2: you want to talk
0: about?
2: Nah. No? Well, I did, I did have a question like for you. I put in the, in the comments.
0: Which is what? What's the question?
2: It's in the comment there, where is it?
0: It sounds stressful how much effort you put into politics. Well, none of it will matter in reality because what you're going to accomplish ever with all of your emotion and stance on stuff, will you never affect? What does that mean? Does that mean like, just like talking about stuff? Yeah, well,
2: yeah, talking about it, but like uh, passionately, you know? um, Should I
0: not? Should I not be passionate?
2: Um, it's not.
0: I mean, look, there are certain things I'm more passionate about than others, right? I mean, of course. Yeah, I have passion about the Israel situation. I do. I think it's horrible what Hamas is doing. I just there's a a numbing effect to what happens there because it's like. It happens. It's, it's it goes on for months and years. It stops. Then it starts again. This has been going on for what, uh, eighty years? I mean, it's like it's like it's constant, mm-hmm. you know. So it's there's a numbing effect when that happens, right? It's like okay, okay, this is happening again now. This is happening yeah. again now. And what's the what's going to happen from this? What's what's the what's the end game here? Is there any kind yeah. of end game? This is people who hate each other. Well, very, yeah. not just hate each other, not just hate each other. I hate San Franciscans for the most part. Well, no, yeah, it's, pure they absolute They want to wipe each other out, right? That's so, sad. and what people don't seem to get is that this is not like they. This is not like two different countries. This is not like countries that are hundreds of miles apart or thousands of miles apart. This is yeah. like They're the same one neighborhood, people. bombing yeah. the
2: other. Right. So, my so my question to you. Um, when you mentioned um you have some passions that you know you're more passionate about some things than others mm-hmm. um would a factor in that be that a passion that you are very into would be something that you have control over that you can affect and and see your your effort be put to work
0: I don't know. I said that RFK Jr. should run as an independent, and he did. So I don't know if he was listening to me. It wasn't, but it's not just me. I'm, 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 I'm no, no. not being serious. Yeah, but you know, it's like I talk about it, but a lot of people did, right? So you hear he hears a lot of people saying he should run as independent, very passionately saying he should leave the Democratic Party and run independent. Now, would he have done it if not for that groundswell of people like myself? Probably not. So that's influencing things. Right. I said that, you know, I told Ron DeSantis that when he's president, he needs to stop funding for the vaccine. No more vaccines. Now it's not just me. A lot of people are saying that. And there's a groundswell. And he said he'd do that. So I think you can affect policy. You can. Well, that's more of a request
2: that, that you sent out with the, with the vaccine, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what, you know, um, those people are for is um you know getting requests hearing the people, but I'm talking larger scale um, like worrying about um, you know whether RFK is gonna you know do this or do that
1: mm-hmm.
2: right Wh- why yeah. i'm just I'm just curious as to, to to why people wonder about you know why this person did that or went this way or, or why they're, you know, why they're um, choosing to, to, for this bill or blah, blah, blah. blah. Like you have no control, right? Absolutely no control. And they're going to do what they want to do. Right.
1: Um,
0: I don't know. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, it's, 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 we have a certain amount of, 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 uh, Political clout. I think it's becoming more now than it was before. We have social yeah. media. We have people having podcasts. I think the politicians feel the pressure a little bit more than they used to. When there is a groundswell, you think so? Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
2: What do you think? What do you think? What do you yeah, think I, I, actually caused any any of them to feel pressure? What, what do you think has happened?
0: Um, besides social media, when uh, they feel know. that their jobs can be threatened when their livelihoods are threatened. I think they will, they will do. What Is there an example
2: do. of that you could, you could give? <sighs> Boy, I, I, I really don't, I can't, a even, think of, example, I can't even think I of know. one example.
0: Yeah. I mean, a recent example, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it happens a lot though. I mean, when you look at small things like, you know, putting a pressure on a politician to, to vote a certain way, or, you know, uh, to, uh, enter a certain bill or to certain legislation. Look, there was a lot of people, a lot in of Republican. Uh, yeah. a lot of people who party who didn't like, uh, McCarthy and he's gone. Right. So, I mean, it's, I, I think there's a way to influence people. Um, it's not through threats. It's not through intimidation, obviously, but it's also through, but it's through this, uh, this critical mass, you know, we all do a little yeah. part to become a, a critical mass. And, and can I say, say something you know, on, on the threatening part that
2: you mentioned? You know, you say, um, you know, influence, but but not through, um, you know, intimidation or, or whatever, mm-hmm. right?
0: Right.
2: It's funny because I actually would say that that completely works on the spectrum on the one end. Like that completely works in favor for, you know, government, mm-hmm and mm-hmm. that always works for them and that's usually the route they go mm-hmm. and on the other side it's not used right and i don't you know it, it's it's not work. like i think if it was used aggression on art um you know on the other end that's what would work but it's not utilized. It's, it's right. It's, it's not enough.
0: There's always going to be, um, you know, uh, people who don't care. It's, and look, It's a system we have. We need to change the system. We need to make, we, we need to have there be term limits, age limits, all of this stuff will help when it comes to, uh, you know, that, uh, that situation. But I think in general, thanks for the call, by the way, Falcon, uh I think that we all do our little part. And there's what they want, Falcon, what they want is for us to not do this, to say, Oh, there's no way we can influence anything. Let's just shut up, right? So that's exactly what they want. Uh this or uh, reza, <laughs> using a different name. Uh I'll be on either later this week or next week. I'm really wearing down because I've done almost two hours and I need to Remember, I mean, I am living a life the last few days that I don't usually live in San Francisco. I'm up early. I'm out all day. I'm spending you know eight, nine, ten hours out. So I'm I'm pretty tired. Um. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty tired. But we'll talk. We'll we'll talk more about you know. Uh, if you and next show Reza, if you want to come on at the beginning, we'll talk more about Israel. But uh, there's one thing. Evidently, this Hamas leader supposedly said uh you know do a he put a call for everyone for the for the uh, terrorist organizations the terrorists around the world to do something on friday and i see people on twitter saying oh don't go out friday don't leave your house stay in your house don't don't leave your house stay in well that's absolutely ridiculous that's exactly what terrorist organizations want right and so it's that kind of thing why would you do What terrorist organization? they want you to be fearful and then you react by being fearful. And it's giving them what they want, which means they'll do it over and over again. The idea is not to give them what they want, right? And uh, the same thing with the politicians. They want you to shut up. They want you to believe that you have no influence, just go away because you do have influence. They want you to shut up and stop bugging them and stop putting pressure on them. That's what they want, that's what it, uh, that's what it comes down to. So we have to keep going, basically. We have to keep going. And uh, that's basically the way it goes. All right. I'm going to, I'll be on, like I said, I'm not going to do uh, the five shows a week while I'm here. But I will report more on what's happening here in uh, in Medellin. Um, what life is like here. And if you do go to Twitter or X, X, and you go to my uh, page, at Kachapali Mike. Um, my name is on here somewhere, right? So if you don't want to spell my left name, just go on my page. It'll be there. At Kachapali Mike. And I'll have videos and all this commentary from from Medellin. And I'll give you a, uh, an idea of what uh, life is like, here, a little flavor of uh, of what life is like here. And so uh, the videos, yes, on my Twitter page. And uh, so Reza and Java and everyone else who wants to call in on my next show, you'll be free to call in. And I'll usually do, if I do a show from here, I'll probably do it around 11, 1130 Central Time. Uh, Columbia is South of Florida. So it's in Eastern time, but they don't change their clocks the way they'll do that ridiculously stupid thing we do in the states of changing our clock. So, in during the daylight time, they're central time, standard time, they're eastern time, daylight time, which is almost over, they're uh central time. So, I'll do usually I'll, I'll probably do the show about 11 30 ish, uh, central time. Um, okay. I want to thank everyone for for listening. This is uh, doing the show live from Medellin, Colombia. This is in Let's Be Heard. And uh, until next time, this is Mike Cachamaly reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.